Amen. Man, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. All of our visitors, uh, all of our new people. Uh, anybody here uh, just been here a few times or come in the last six months? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah? Well, not Alan. Oh, right here. Okay, good. Good, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's great. Um, I need to tell you a couple of things before I get started with the message this morning. Um, there's a lot going on at Laurel all the time. The Laurel Church is very, very productive in the Lord, and I'm so thankful for that, that uh, we have uh, fruitful followers of Jesus Christ uh, and people initiating uh, good things all over the place, all over the place. Um, the, um, the board out there has photos on it. Anybody ever see the photo board out there? If your picture is not on the photo board, next Sunday, get your picture taken down in the library. If you're new, you've been here for a while, you do not have a photo or you're not on Alexio, the church directory, electronic directory, uh, it's the only way for us to actually get to know you. Um, so we want to get to know you. So uh, jump right in. Um, next Sunday, um, after class, after second service, down there in the, the library at the end of the hall, uh, Nakia and my wife Cheryl will be down there. And uh, they try to help keep that going. We also have a new members luncheon uh, coming up June 23rd. So if you're new, we want to invite you. We're going to honor you uh, in our new members luncheon, June 23rd. Put on your calendar. Um, we want you to feel welcome in every possible way. We want you to get involved. And um, uh, this Saturday, we have Mission One training from 9 to 12 downstairs in the fellowship uh, room. If you have not been through Mission One training and you've been around for a while, you need to come. Uh, it is one of uh, the ways that we try to help uh, our members to really have a closer walk with Jesus every day. Uh, it is not automatic. Walking closely with Jesus Christ, becoming more Christ-like, is not automatic. Jesus Christ talked to his first followers about training. When you're fully trained, you will be like your teacher. Uh, you and I are to be learning from Jesus every day, but uh, we help that along. We fuel that with Mission One training four times a year. And uh, right after that, the following Saturday is Main Street Festival in Laurel, where we get to reach out to people. So we're actually talking about uh, outreach in some ways this Saturday in preparation for May 11th, uh, all day Saturday, reaching out to the community. Um, we give things away, Bibles and other kinds of things, and talk to people, encourage them, pray with people. And uh, some years we've gotten to interact with four to 5,000 people. That's a lot of people in one day. And uh, we have some people who are setting up the thing, which is important, first thing in the morning. We have some people taking down at the end of the day. That's important. 
Uh, we need to have other people signing up uh, on the list in the hallway to, to be there for a couple hours, just uh, handing things out, meeting people, uh, being kind to people, being a witness for Christ. Uh, a couple hours, May 11th. Um, this is what the Laurel Church is about. We are trying to help expand the kingdom in all directions. That's what we've been asked to do by Jesus the Christ, and so we are trying to do it in a number of different ways, along uh, with uh, informal things uh, during, during the week uh, in our daily living. So, um, I'm sure there are other things, but that, is, uh, that, that kind of helps you know some of the things coming up, and I hope you will join us uh, for those things. Oh, it's magical tones. Um, okay, so this morning I got a message for you that you probably need to hear every three days. Well, depends on how rough your patch is right now, but <laughs> uh, never give up. Never give up. Guess where I got that from? <laughs> Exactly, from the Word of God. I got that from the Apostle Paul. The chosen apostles of Jesus Christ command us to do certain things. Jesus commands us to do certain things. Sometimes we're serious about what he commands and sometimes we're not. I don't know what the deal is. But in this case... He is actually commanding us. He's telling us this is a contingency. Uh, He's right in the middle in Galatians 6 about talking about what you and I are in the middle of spiritually. And uh, this is the message. The message of Paul is never give up. How many times do you think the Apostle Paul wanted to give up? Any guess? He makes that big hairy list, you know, of all the things that happened to him. He was crushed. You know, he was beaten. He was stoned. He was, he was, everything that could possibly happen to a human being that was bad happened to the Apostle Paul. How many times do you think the Apostle Paul actually wanted to give up? But man, I don't know. This is just a little too hard. This is a little too crazy. I don't know about you, but, you know, okay, I'm turning 62. There have been a few times in my life when I have kind of been crushed or hurt. Um, A time or two, I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck. Wasn't sure if I, you know, felt like a little flattened, you know, the flattened coyote, you know. Okay, old cartoons, I'm sorry. Uh, The Roadrunner, okay, so... Every once in a while, you go through stuff, and you feel like you're flattened. And you're like, am I ever going to pop back up? I don't know if I'm going to pop back up. In churches, sometimes people get burned. Sometimes there's misunderstanding. Sometimes people get hurt for various reasons. And that hurts. It hurts. And you've got to figure that out. You can't let Satan just roll over you. You've got to figure it out. And you've got to listen to the teaching of the apostles. Never give up. There's a reason for it. 
And that's also in that passage. But before we get back to that passage, I need to tell you a couple other things. Uh, I've listened to um, Denzel Washington a number of times now, uh, giving speeches, especially commencement speeches, um, talking about if you fall down six times, get up seven. Fall down six times, get up seven. Fall, times, fall down six times, get up seven. That's kind of the formula. Keep going. You know, you're pressing on. That's what Paul's talking about. He's pressing on. He's pressing forward. Forget about the stuff behind him. He's pressing forward. That's, that's his approach. We need to pay attention to what the apostles are teaching. Because life is a mess. Life has a bunch of crazy stuff that happens. Even if you're trying to do the right things. Life has some crazy stuff that happens. Um, okay. I've actually given away uh, a book to uh, probably about 30, 40 people now, starting in our life group, a book called Never Give Up, You're Stronger Than You Think by John Mason. Now, he uses a lot of scripture in here, um, and he has a lot of good points. And I thought, well, this might encourage a few people because, you know, you know, you have people right here in this congregation who have thought about giving up. You know that, right? Okay, like every person sitting here. And maybe it was just for a moment, maybe just one moment. But every once in a while, things kind of get to you, kind of wear you down, can burn you out. Um, and um, you really, you and I really need to take stock and listen to, to what uh, the Word of God is saying. Now, a man by the name of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Now, John Mason says that the door to opportunity swings on the hinges of adversity. You know what that means? Problems are the price of progress. You actually want to grow. Now, you know, actually this is part of what Ricky's been preaching and teaching about. I I think you probably noticed uh, that adversity, problems actually help you and I challenge us to grow spiritually. That's the whole point. It's not to knock you down. It's not to put you out of the game. It's to make you stronger. That's God's idea. Don't be letting anything knock you out. I don't care who you are and what happened. Don't let it knock you out. Uh, God wants you to be on your feet and moving forward so he can bless you. He can strengthen you. Never give up. Persistent people begin their success when most others quit. There's something to persistence. There's something to perseverance. It's talked about multiple times throughout the New Testament. But persistence is a habit, and so is quitting. When you were growing up, did you quit a few things along the way? Uh, you joined something, and then you quit, like, real quick. And I, I, I can remember a couple times where, I, you know, I talked my dad into buying, like, new... Uh, uh, 
cleats or something for, you know, for baseball. And, you know, and I, I didn't make it through the se second cut. <laughs> it's like I, I, was, I was done. Uh, center field was not even uh, the right place for me. So, uh, and I could hit, but I couldn't do anything else. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, so th th there are things that, you know, we think to ourselves, okay, I, I, I just, I got to quit. I just, well, and some things maybe you need to quit, but uh, you really got to take stock. You really got to figure this out. And, and in terms of uh, spiritual terms, never give up. Now, before I go too far, I need you to notice in the bulletin, because unlike normally, where I just have an empty space for you to scribble, that's my approach, uh, not too much room for scribbling this time. I have uh, questions for you to refer to, not only during the lesson, but after the lesson. You know, I, I'm kind of an application guy, a follow-through guy, basically try to be. And uh, these six questions actually help us. They help us to, uh, to never give up, to move forward. And uh, the questions to ask yourself as we're going through here Number one, am I doing what Jesus and the apostles taught? And that's about this message in particular. Am I actually obeying the teaching of Jesus and the apostles in this regard? Or do I want to quit over and over and over? What is my most prevailing thought? What's your most prevailing thought? If it is a somewhat negative thought... Man, you need to get praying. You need to get praying big time. You need to lie down on the floor, prostrate before God. You need to, you need to open yourself to, up to God and be ready to receive something from God. You need to seek God with all of your heart. Because the God who made you did not make you for fear and worry and doubt. He did not make you for that. That's what Satan is all about. Satan is all about those things. And we'll talk about this again in just a second. Your most prevailing thought. Very important question. Am I on my way to something awesome or something awful? Another important question for you. Are you actually going somewhere awesome? Are you on your way to somewhere awesome? If you are, you should think and behave appropriately. <laughs> yeah, on your way somewhere awesome. What can I do to make better use of my time? Every opportunity. What can you do to make better use of your time? Do you know what? Uh, part of what I had to do when I was at Purdue University was industrial engineering stuff. Nobody knows what that is anymore. Industrial engineering. I, I actually had to uh, do time motion study. I had to do... Uh, you know, all kinds of uh, work study stuff. And we actually had to follow people around. And we had to make notes about what they were doing, how they were doing it, how long it took, so on, so on, so on. You know, you're actually living a certain way. You're behaving a certain way. You're spending your time a certain way. And it's actually, you can observe. You can observe it. Somebody can observe it. And they can come to a conclusion about, man, okay, you just spent... An hour and 49 minutes on something that doesn't look like it's essential in any way. 
it looks like it was a, a diversion of some sort. It, it, it doesn't look like you're going to get anything out of this. Um, you and I need to assess how we're spending our days because Jesus Christ is trying to teach you how to spend your days. You only have so many days on the earth, right? Yeah, you only have so many days. And he knows the days. You should be comforted by that. He knows the number of days. It's just the way it is. It's true for everybody. True for everybody. How do I need to change as a person to become more like Jesus? Now, if you and I asked this question every day, we would be doing some different things every day. You know that? You wouldn't be doing same old, same old. You'd not just be kind of put your head down and just kind of try to survive the day. What needs to change with you as a person for you to become more like Jesus? You need to be thinking about that and acting on that every day as you decide how to use your opportunities. Your opportunities. Opportunities that God is going to present. And some of which may be actually a little challenging. Um, Number six, what would a wise person do in my situation? You can ask yourself all kinds of stuff. But if you're in a tough situation, think about that. What would a wise person do? Spiritually wise person. Somebody that has read Proverbs. Somebody that has read Psalms. Somebody somebody who has some spiritual footing, some understanding. What would they tell me to do in this case? And you could listen to what Jesus and the apostles are saying to do. Don't give up. Look up. Never give up. Look up. Jesus' perspective was simple. Remember in John 5, we were talking about this yesterday, in John 5 where Jesus is telling the Pharisees that my father is always working. My father is always at work. Because they're kind of trying to jam him about the Sabbath. He heals a guy on the Sabbath. He does a work, a miraculous work of God on the Sabbath. And they're trying to jam him. And he says, you know what? The father is always at his work, and I am working with him. I'm trying to do as he is doing. The power of God, the grace of God, constantly at work, constantly at work in your life and around you. That's why Jesus can say this, with God, all things are possible. Do you know that Jesus Christ is the original, eternal optimist? Uh Uh-huh. Jesus Christ is the original, eternal optimist. He is 100% realist, realist because he knows exactly what's going to happen, but he also knows the outcome. You and I need to have the thinking of Jesus Christ. With God... All things are possible. What happens in the human mind? The human mind is a little bit deductive. The human mind starts saying, oh no, based on my experience, 
that's not possible, that's probably not reasonable, that's not ever going to happen, that's, that's not the thinking of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you think you're going to save yourself from something by having this somewhat negative logic at work in your mind, but the reality is God, God's son thought differently. He's thinking to himself all the time, all things are possible with God. And he tells his followers, those apostles, he, uh, he's telling them, you're going to do great things, awesome things, by the power of God. Now, you and I need to kind of get this view. This is Jesus' worldview. All things are possible with God. This is his most prevailing thought. What is yours? Jesus' most prevailing thought was, with God, all things are possible. He wasn't going to give up anywhere along the line. Even when he's getting the stuffing beat out of him, he's getting the skin ripped off of him. He's not going to give up. He knows the game plan. He knows the purpose of God. He knows how God is going to work with this and use it in a powerful way to save you so that you can be sitting here today. You can be trying to understand spiritually what should I be doing with my living every day. He died for you. He was resurrected for you. The power of God always at work. And Jesus is trying to help us see what this means. All through the Bible... We are told that he is able, that there's nothing too difficult for God. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Okay, I'm I'm hearing you now. He is able. Now, don't be having your own little preconceived notions of what the end game is uh, in terms of your own little specifics. You... Just know that God is able. There's nothing too difficult for God. He is always in action. He is responding to your trusting him, to your faith. He is responding to to you and I trying to be faithful in some way to him. Trying to love him with our hearts. He is a responsive God. He is an active God. He is doing things real time, and his eternal purpose will be accomplished. It will be accomplished. Now, okay, um, I don't have time to read all of Psalm 34. I keep on telling you to read different psalms, don't I? Uh, Just let me read a couple things in Psalm 34. And um, it starts off, verse uh, 4. I prayed to the Lord. That's good. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Aha! He answered him. He freed me from all my fears. You know what happens in prayer? If you are praying with a heart of trust and openness toward God, you know what happens? Your fear goes away. Your fear dissipates in the presence of the Almighty God. Yeah. Yeah. When you're done praying, you know, if you're not well disciplined spiritually, within, you know, 35 seconds, you you might actually have a little negative thought again. 
But you need to develop the discipline spiritually to, to move past that. Praying, knowing he's going to answer. He is going to answer because that's who he is. He has freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him, look up, look to him for help, will be radiant with joy. If you keep looking up to God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be radiant with joy. You know what? When you and I get a little bit sad sack, we get a little bit worn down, you know what's going on? We're not praying enough. We're not praying in the right way. We're not looking for the answers, for God to answer. He's going to answer. And we still got some fear going on. Still letting some fear go on. It gets in the way of joy. Somebody who is spending plenty of time with God, with great positive anticipation, is going to be radiant with joy. That's what the Word of God says. Radiant. Pay attention to that, because this this is the truth of God. This is the way it works. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. It might take a little while. You might have to pray for a little while. We'll see something about that in this, uh, one of the next passages. But let me just read to you. Um, Psalm 34:18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Did you know this is God's inclination? He's not only the God of mercy from Exodus 34, right before the law is given. He is this. He's close to the brokenhearted. Sometimes the brokenhearted think, oh, I'm all alone. Please do not think you are alone. You're part of the Laurel Church family. You are not alone. You've been baptized into Jesus Christ. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are not alone. He says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you always. Jesus Christ promises to be with you present always through his Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're still not even fully accepting that, acting on on that. But this is who God is. And the psalmist says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. Again, there it is again. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. There it is again. He delivered me from all my fears. With all with God, all things are possible. Don't be getting all tangled up in fear and doubt and worry, anxiety, depression. Don't be getting all tangled up and staying there. Because that is not what you were made for. It is not what Jesus Christ saved you for. This is why we're told to never give up. Galatians 6, 9, this whole passage I mentioned a minute ago, let us not become weary in doing good. This is in the middle of a spiritual discussion. 6, 7, he's saying God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 
There's a reap thing at the beginning of this little passage, and then there's a reap thing at the end of this passage. You have to be doing something spiritually. You know what? You actually have to be sowing to the Holy Spirit in order to reap something good from God. Do you know that? If you are sowing toward your carnal self, you're indulging your carnal self, doing whatever you want all the time, not thinking about Jesus Christ, not thinking about the purpose of God. Man, I don't even know how you're going to figure this one out because this passage has to do with what you're doing spiritually and then what God will do because of it. Yeah, it's, it's a response. It's always this way. You have to do something. The guy who, was, who, who couldn't get up, who was lame, John Fine, he had to do something. Jesus commands him to get up, pick up your mat, stand up, walk. That was a command. Can you imagine the people around him like, oh, what an awful thing to do, this poor guy. He can't get up. Well, no, yes, he can, because all things are possible with God. I'm not sure that you and I know Jesus well enough yet. (laughs) I want to challenge you. If you're not in the Living Out John outreach Bible studies going on during the month, I want to challenge you to get into one. Because we are finding out who Jesus Christ is big time. And who he is changes everything for your life. Everything from start to finish. Everything going on in your mind, your heart, your day. Changes everything. Anyway, let's not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. When the timing is right, when God's timing is there, you and I will reap a harvest. We have something awesome to look forward to. If you're following Jesus Christ, absolutely. Something to look forward to. If, and I, and I made it all caps for a reason, if. You know, there are actually 27, 28 times in the New Testament where if is used. Yeah, it's a contingency. The apostles actually teach reality. <laughs> you will get the results that you have put time into, that you've invested for, that you have, you have pursued what you have pursued, you're going to get. Or what you've wasted your time with, you're going to get. Reap a harvest if we do not give up. Isaiah says this, Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary. Sometimes you and I are tired and weary. But he is not. He is not. Have you ever been just like out of gas emotionally, spiritually, energy-wise? Out of gas. And you thought, man, I, I can't do another thing. And the next thing you know, God puts you in a situation where you are helping somebody and you get new energy 
I find that kind of crazy. It's happened to me a number of times. I just want to go take a nap. And God had another, another idea. This happens to our elders all the time. <laughs> Sorry, fewer naps. But God always has something in mind. And if you and I are available, if we're available, if we're open, if we're actually seeking the Lord, he's going to renew us daily by his spirit so that we can do what needs to be done for the kingdom of God. And his understanding, no one can fathom. Why never give up? Because of who God is, how he operates, what he has done, what he will do. In Psalms, we also find this, show me the way I should go for uh, to you I entrust my life. Do you wake up saying this? Do you wake up saying Psalm 43.8? This, uh, this is something that needs to become a habit. We wake up in the morning and, and we say this to God. Show me the way I should go today for to you I entrust my life. Now, I really wanted to sing As a Deer Panteth right now. Uh, how's that go? <laughs> This, okay, this is, I'm sorry, Alan's always ready. This is a picture of the Chesapeake Bay, and that's a deer. It's a very calm scene. It could be sunset, it could be dawn. Do you recognize this, Philip and Teresa? We actually had a wedding here. Uh, this, this is the beauty of God, and it's the peace of God. And he is wanting us to, to think about spiritual things in this beautiful way. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make you, your righteous reward, shine like the dawn. This thing, that, this harvest that's going to happen when you and I just continue to follow Jesus, doing the things Jesus is teaching us to do, the, the work of the Father while we can, uh, this is going to be like a, the dawn shining. It's going to be awesome. Really, really awesome. He guides the humble in what is right, teaches them his way. Uh, operative word, humble. This, we keep on tripping on this one. This is a little bit of a problem. You get thinking about your own stuff, uh, and uh, we, we kind of trip here and there just on, on this alone. But he guides the humble in what is right, teaches them his way. All who seek the Lord, their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. There's that joy thing again, radiant joy. You bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. When you're operating during the week and you're praying to God about different things, you need to feel surrounded by the shield of God's love. Please think about that as you're moving through your days. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You know what? You, you and I have to have spiritual passion. Serving the Lord is not just about duty. 
It's about love. It's about love. Jesus Christ served. He came to seek and serve because he loved. You and I need to seek and serve because we love like Jesus. That's one of the things we learn in Mission 1. It's not just duty. It's not just being a do-gooder. You're actually trying to do the will of God with your living. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. You know the stuff that gets in the way sometimes is frustration. Anybody here ever gotten frustrated? Like a thousand times a day? Your cortisol level goes off the chart. It undermines your immune system. You have a lot of negative things going on. You and I got to learn to be patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. You know how you're going to stay faithful to Jesus Christ? In prayer. When Jesus Christ comes back, it will be because you have been faithful to him in prayer. You have been talking with him all the way along. He has been present in your living through his Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. We need to to follow him. We need to go with him. He's making the way. He always makes the way. He has made the way. The water I give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you know that the Spirit of God that's talked about back in the Galatians 6 passage, that spiritual life, he means to well up into eternal life. You're not just trying to be good. You're not just trying to be better. You're trying to let the life of Christ fill you, dominate you. You're trying to let the Spirit of God control your thinking, your living. You're permitting God to reign, to be sovereign in your life. If he is not reigning, dominating in your thinking and in your heart, he is never going to be sovereign in your life. This is where you and I have to go in order to never give up. And when we don't give up, it's going to well up to eternal life. Everybody who's been baptized into Jesus Christ, this is what's going to happen. Spirit of God is going to well up in you into eternal life. So, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. You and I have wonderful things to look forward to. I got a few pessimists in here, I'm afraid. Well, you know, I got knocked down when I tried that. Yeah, that never worked. Forget it. Just forget about it. That's not the reality of God. The reality of God is all things are possible with him, through him, by him. Jesus Christ is the way because he is God. John 1, all things were made by him, for him, through him. Nothing was made without him. And he's the one who's in front of you. He's the one you're learning from. He's the one who is loving you through every step of this life. 
If you're here today and you are not in Christ Jesus, you have not been immersed, baptized into Christ, repented of your sins, been forgiven in baptism of your sins through the blood of Christ, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit, these things I'm saying to you are foreign. They're not possible. They're only possible for people who are in Christ Jesus, who have been baptized into Christ, who have the Spirit of God in them. They belong to God. If you're here today and you're not in Christ, come right now as we stand and sing.